Pickaxe. Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love Critical Role and movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small-town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically, I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sasai Star News. I pull up the, the today's, like, installment of the news to see what the front page actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way. Find out more at Dicebreaker.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's podcast of uh, the One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And I have a unique perspective this week because I'm sat opposite Steve Curran in his house. It's like old times, Simon, except for the house. <laughs> or it could be like uh, a glimpse of the future when we move in with each other. <laughs> Our virtual studio has turned real uh, for the first time in how long? How long since we did the show? I was, I was trying to trying to think about that. Um, I think we were joking about the pandemic. I remember Anne saying, "What was it? Um, contain uh, something like I, 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 we referenced that 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 sort of government slogan when mm. it was spreading over from China, uh, and um, we weren't taking it very seriously. And we've never seen her ex- since. That's not true. Uh, we saw Anne yesterday. We did literally see her yesterday. So that was that would have been 2020. Yeah. Now in 2023. How things have changed. <laughs> very much so. Uh, yeah, so uh, yesterday it was my daughter's birthday party. And uh, we had a little party. And Simon and Anne were there with their children as well. Too many children. I looked around and thought, how did this happen? There have been times when I've woken up in the same location as you many, many years ago. Very different scene in the morning, Steve. Mm. Very different. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was interesting. It was, uh, you know, it made me remember old times, but also <laughs> notice how, how things have changed. But it was a good day. It was a good party. Uh, and it was great to... Wake up with you this morning. <laughs> well, I say that, Simon. You were up a long time before I was. Up at uh, six o'clock for me. Close, uh, to, just... close to ten. It was know. close to ten. So, yeah, my fact-checking from last week about <laughs> how do you manage to sleep in? I know you sleep in. You get your partner to do it. So, mm. there we go. Uh, we also saw um, Kieran Gillen and his child. We did. Mike Channel and his children. Mm. What have we become? Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a good day. And um, yeah, here we are in your house, Steve. Mm, so good to have you here, Simon. It's nice to be here, Steve. Um, it's nice to, you know, just check in that you're, uh, you're behaving yourself. I can see a Switch set up. I can see a, uh, a PC, Corsair One, and a, a PlayStation Mini. PlayStation Mini. We talked about that yesterday, didn't we? About our various attempts to turn it into the dream machine. I've been... Um... I've been trying to get it to work with a dance pad, but we will talk about that on the show. And this is a very unusual podcast intro, isn't it, Simon? It is, because we don't know if it's recording, so we'll need to find <laughs> that out. Uh, talking to kids, uh, we should congratulate uh, One Life Left superfan Harold uh, for the birth of Sydney. 
Um, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, no doubt we'll see you at a party one day when we go, how did all these kids get here? I uh, hope that's going well. Love to you and yours. Um, but we should see if this is recording. We and should it- also, we mm. should check, uh, just for technical reasons, I'm just going to play an ident. And I'm also uh, just going to play the... Shall I play the news bed and we can talk over it just to see whether that works as well? Okay. Here we go. Here is some news. We've, all, some we've news. all got kids. We're all old and we've got kids. <laughs> it's not really news, is it? Uh, okay, well, we'll play this back to see whether it works. Um, but this is the first time we've ever done the podcast intro before the show. We don't know what's going to happen. No idea. Uh, so apologies for all the things that we say that are uh, incorrect um, or uh, not funny. Uh, but here we go. Let's try and play the show theme then. Uh, thanks for listening. See you soon. Welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Hi, Simon. Welcome to a very special One Life Left. Thanks for having me, Steve. People who are listening to the uh, show as a podcast and have heard the podcast intro will already know why this is special, but for the benefit of our Resonance FM listeners, uh, what's going on? Uh, I decided to do a spot check on uh, <laughs> Steve's uh, house. Come down and just check, you know, that he is living his gaming life. Uh, so we're broadcasting live from Steve Curran's house. And we're broadcasting live in the same room for the first time in three years, which is very exciting. Forgotten how it works. Mm. Maybe we won't talk over each other. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we, we're sharing my... I'm, I'm always uh, slightly envious of your mic quality, despite the fact I have got a reasonably expensive mic at mm. home. I, I never sound as good as you. Yeah, but this time we're both using the same mic, and it's actually a different one this week. We're using the mic, the Yeti mic, that we used to use when we took the show on the road. Oh, the sights it's seen, eh? The <laughs> stories it could tell. This thing's been to uh, regrettable broadcast, literally unbroadcastable broadcast at the Develop Conference. Did it's it? Been, been to Nottingham Game City. It's probably been abroad a few times. I think we did the... Um, remember that time we did the show from the Game Jam in... Denmark. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, I think I remember doing it. I remember nothing about it. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I we 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 did it over a couple of days, and we did it with this mic. Um, and this is the first time it's been plugged in since then. In, in is it six or seven years? When was the last so, time it had a wipe? Well, quiet. It's a little bit dusty, isn't it? But I think it's working. We we did just record the podcast intro. That seemed to be working. Hopefully, the rest of the show will be as well. Tricky, of course, to be uh, recording a show on such a difficult time for professional broadcasters, <laughs> given what's been going on with Gary Lineker. We won't be talking about the football today. Well, well we will not have a show of solidarity. Mm. Uh, and in fact, we're not professional broadcasters, as has been evidenced for the last uh, 100 years. Um, yeah, it's obviously it's a crazy situation at the moment. I was, um, <laughs> so for those that don't know, um, I, the host of uh, the UK's uh, 
flagship football show tweeted something where he disagreed with the government's immigration policy, uh, and that's caused all sorts of fallout, has distracted everybody from the real issues. So there was no football commentary broadcast yesterday. Uh, Steve and I watched the 20 minute highlights, which was just in silence. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we joke about how things are terrible over here at the moment, but just to see some people pretend. Uh, I heard on the radio this morning, or I was having, a sh- I was in Steve's shower, uh, put the radio on, and there was the reaction to it. And uh, so basically, they just put together highlights of the football without any analysis or commentary. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was very very strange. No, said the people who uh, think that Gary Lineker's too woke. Uh, they said they preferred it like this. <laughs> Um, one MP tweeted, um, match day so much better, uh, uh, showed all the goals <laughs> and finished early so I could get down the pub for last orders. <laughs> Seemingly uh, unfamiliar with catch-up services or what have you. <laughs> or, or football, or match of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a lady who rang up uh, BBC Breakfast Show this morning who said she preferred it. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that analysis from experts. She said, best 20 minutes of her life. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a compliment, <laughs> isn't it? It did feel very much like event TV, didn't it? Us all gathered around, we gathered around my to phone, see what we, would happen. Uh, yeah, apparently the, uh, the viewing figures were the same as ever <laughs> uh, last night. But uh, yeah, we should say. Odd times. Uh, there was a picture of, of, of someone um, elsewhere in the country wrapped in a... Union Jack flag yesterday <laughs> holding a placard that said Lineker is an S house. Wow. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? So uh, maybe do you think we should follow suit and, and not offer any commentary or expertise on the news stories? We should. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, in solidarity, you know, who could who could step in? Uh, perhaps uh, and uh, ensure that we're bringing you some form of show. Uh, without the usual commentary that you've come to love, respect, admire, tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, following last week's success, uh, we're back, aren't we, with a revised, improved Ambot. Is that right, Steve? Ambot version 1.1. And this is Anbot. They can take Lemnisgate away, but they can't take away our precious memories of awesome FPS turn-based battles. Frontier developments and Ratloop games are pulling the plug on the innovative game, unfortunately, but we can still play it until July 11th. Console players will still enjoy local multiplayer and training modes, but PC players won't be able to experience this unique take on the FPS genre past the shutting down date. Goodbye, Lemnisgate the sweetest FPS turn-based game of our time. So this was uh, this was uh, hastily cobbled together, uh, version 1.1, this morning, um, in which Ambot was instructed to offer controversial opinions near the end of the show. Um, and this one, very, very positive towards Lemnus Gate, a game I haven't actually played or really even heard of. Uh, which in, is, in itself is controversial, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, a game that came out on the 28th of September, 2021, uh, it was, um, uh, f- I, as far as I understand, a, uh, a first-person squad-based game, I think, um, 
in which uh, you play over a time loop, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, yeah, as, as Anne mentioned, the first game from Frontier Foundry. A uh, lot of hype around it pre-release. doesn't it doesn't appear to have done much uh, because it's being shut down uh, in under two years. But the controversial opinion, of course, is that um, Anne seemed quite... Quite delighted that we can that console players will still be able to play the training mode. Oh, thank goodness! Thank you, David Braben. <laughs> thank you for allowing us. It's still on sale. Thank you for allowing us to play the training mode of our game that, with the, that at the moment you can buy for fifteen pound forty nine. Absolutely no mention of the fact that it's being withdrawn. Oh, sorry, no, there is. You see, mm. you scroll down. Uh, it says the please be advised that online multiplayer services will be discontinued from the eleventh of July. Uh, which means that you, you you can only buy it until the 11th of April. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame, right? It sounded like an interesting idea. I never got around to playing it, despite having it on my wish list. Um, lot, uh, it launched into Game Pass as well, mm-hmm. so presumably it's been kicked out of that. I don't know. Um, but again, you know, we, 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 we seem to have one of these stories every week where uh, big-ish games or games that people seem to be looking forward to just haven't haven't been able to continue to operate over an extended period of time. And continue to operate is the right phrase there because it stops operating uh, for the consumer as well. And we have one of these stories every week and we always say the same thing, which is, wouldn't it be great if if they found a way that the community could take over the servers, the community could um, at least you know, help the game to live on for those people who do care about it. Uh, and obviously there are complexities around that, um, IP rights and, and technological complexities as well. But I think I've said on the show before, I think we are at a point in time um, right now where those complexities are hard to resolve, hopefully in the future, um, perhaps when server technology is, is more universal, when there is a multiplayer solution that works for all games, which is utopian, perhaps uh, unachievable that, yeah, these things will not get pulled every week and you can be at least assured that when you buy a game, as long as there's at least one other person playing it, you'll always have someone to play against. Yeah, sadly too late for Lemmis Gates. Uh, maybe we should we should try and check it out. The Steam sale starts next week, uh, what, this coming week as, as you listen to it. So uh, let's see what they reduce it to then so we can hop on in. Fixed Duke stand idle, no kick sound after the launch of its first major patch. Sons of the Forest is standing tall as one of the top indie games on Steam. With new content and a boss fight thrown in for good measure, the game is already proving to be an unexpected success. So if you are looking for some family-friendly adventure with a twist, then you know where to look. Okay, so this was, you know, another iteration on Anbot. I, 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 you know, I was pleased with the first story, but yep. I wanted to tweak it a little bit further. Uh, you'll notice at the start, people who were paying attention to that new story, that she just listed some things. Um, and that's because this news story, which, like all our news stories uh, this week, pulled from videogamechronicle.com, although, as you said, we don't need to say that anymore. Not anymore, no. Um, so their story just listed the patch notes, and therefore Anne Potts, on her first few generations of this story, was just incoherent patch oh. note stuff. Uh, this minimised it, this, this version of the story uh, minimised it a little bit, but it's still present at the start, so I wasn't happy with that. Her controversial opinion this time was that it's uh, fa- <laughs> those looking for family-friendly fun. <laughs> well, and also uh, unexpected hits. Mm, uh, I think yeah. a, lot of people, a lot of people knew knew it was going to be massive. Mm. Um, yeah, I uh, I selected this story for a couple of reasons because you disliked it. Well, uh, I did. I... Well, there's well there's some more news on on it on its official rating. I didn't dislike it. I played it and I thought this isn't for me, and it's going to take ages to convince myself it's for me. 
And at the end of that, what do I gain? So I stopped. I, I think it's probably something that's super compelling and addictive, and uh, I just didn't put in the time. All right, well, let's, like it. let's see, uh, Steve, because mm-hmm. I'm going to read to you from a WhatsApp conversation between me and my son. Okay. Uh, I uh, WhatsApped him on Tuesday saying, forgot to tell you, because uh, I saw that he'd, um, he'd bought Sons mm-hmm. of the Forest. I said, uh, forgot, to, forgot to tell you, the Steam sale is a week tomorrow. So if you're thinking of getting anything, maybe hold off. Mm-hmm. Sons of the Forest won't be in that sale, though, so you're okay there, because it's yeah. just come out, it's not eligible for the sale. Yeah. He replies, oh, I forgot to tell you, Sons of the Forest is S-word. Really? Could you, ref- could you refund that, please? Wow. Yeah, there we go. Official okay. one left. Child rating. <laughs> it's S-word, uh, according to my son. Uh, yeah, I've yet to play it. Um, lots of people seem to be enjoying it. but uh, mm. Yeah, but for how long? Presumably longer than Lemniscate. <laughs> All right. News story three. Surprising news for gaming fans today, as a reliable source has revealed that Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, may actually be delayed further than initially projected, with a possible 2024 release date. This would be a massive blow to anyone waiting to get their hands on the genre-bending action-adventure shooter, which doesn't appear to be living up to initial excitement. Watch this space as we keep you updated on the newest release dates. And while you wait, pray they don't bring in a battle pass system. Ooh, (laughs) Ambots. Very good. A couple of things to note about Ambot on this. First, her, uh, her catty controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. That seemed to oscillate when I generated this a few times. It was she was excited about the idea that there might be a battle pass, battle pass system. She does love them sometimes. Mm, sometimes, uh, but secondly, the um, so I chatted to uh, one of the guys. I think the CEO at Eleven Labs who provide the voice technology for this this week, and I said, "Yeah, we we found it amazing. Uh, we tested it on Ambot on the show last week. Um, in fact." Most of the flaws that we talked about came from open eyes treatment of the text, not the, not the voice. And you know, I said that our partners, respectively, were very impressed and a little bit intimidated mm-hmm. by, by the voice as well. Um, but what I did note was that the only point that the the text seemed to fall down was when Ambot was reading out dates. She was saying, you know, two thousand and twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Well, seems to have been addressed. Oh, I see. It went straight to the top, did it? <laughs> May have been fixed. I. You know, it may be a coincidence, but I like to think we're having a little bit of influence. Too right. I imagine Eleven Labs gathered round the re- the wireless on a Monday <laughs> evening. Little <laughs> notepads. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs, uh, needs working on. Um, I, I, I think that the the point here, though, is that Ambot was talking about the surprise that this is delayed. I mean, it's not a surprise, and it's certainly not. It's never a surprise that any game is delayed, because making a game is very, very hard. It's not. A surprise in this specific instance. We've been talking about release dates on the show for uh, for several news stories now. It's a tricky one, this, isn't it? Because I there was a big um, PlayStation State of Play uh, last week, I think it was, where they showed extended footage from Kill the Justice League, uh, which I, I didn't watch and, and haven't seen. But the reaction to it, um, like the reaction to it, almost anything online, uh, wasn't particularly favourable. So mm. it looks like... Uh, they are going to what's, what's, the, the, the the chatter surrounding it implies that it is going to be moved back. I mean, I, I, how what more they can do presumably to a game that you know has been almost coming out for a while now? How how significantly they can affect it? Don't know. Um, you know, I I, I I hope the game's good and I hope that it succeeds. Mm. 
love Rocksteady like uh, the games that they've done previously, but the impression that I get from um, just purely on the outside, not you know, not necessarily talking to anybody on the inside, is that Warner's quite a fragile company at the moment. It's had a, a few wobbles for games that it's launched recently, and so there's going to be a lot of pressure on this to get it right. So, do you think that there's? Do you think the longer you leave something like this, the harder it gets to pull the trigger because you need it to be a success, and the more money you put into it, the more you need it yeah. to be a success, and therefore you, it's just really hard to go. Okay, it's ready now. Yeah, and also, you know, how how, how much, you know, so, 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 so games aren't like you can just change one bit of it easily. There are so many interlinked systems and technologies and all mm. that sort of stuff. And presumably this has been built on uh, some sort of cosmetic battle pass, you know, which Anne's rooting for. She, <laughs> um, Then, yeah, you know, how do you, if you unplug that, then there's going to be some balance that's affected. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um have to wait and see for official confirmation, I guess. Indeed. So, having generated those three stories this morning, mm-hmm. you know, fairly pleased with Ambot's performance. But one of the um, one of the suggestions that came in from your partner, Kate, actually, was that wouldn't it be nice to include some of the wider One Life Left family inside the stories? Because it's true that if Anne was doing the stories, she'd be aware of One Life Left's storied history, mm-hmm. and she'd be able to make some in-jokes, talk about people we know, make it just seem warmer, <laughs> friendlier. Um, so that's what I requested uh, with regards to the next news story. It's an exciting time for gaming, as E3 2023 is poised to be one of the best. Big names are returning to the industry event, alongside the amazing array of digital events that kick off the show. Plus, With Charles Cecil, the developer behind Broken Sword in attendance, what a great opportunity to make a love connection. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. Okay, so she she pulled this story from um, a piece which said that the organisers of E3 have said that uh, AAA companies are coming, Mm -hmm. um, including maybe Ubisoft, Mm Uh, and that was it. And this this was her hot take. Was. <laughs> uh, I should say the first time we generated this, and I played this to you earlier today, the first time we generated this, she literally announced a game. She did announce a game. She announced a game that we'd get in a lot of trouble for, <laughs> for announcing. So, um, so yeah, she was, she was pushing the envelope of, of AI technology there. Um, do we know if Charles is going to E3? We don't know who he's going to, to E3. I can tell you, exclusive reveal, he's going to, G, to GDC. Is he? He's That's going. Uh, well, actually, I can't. He said, he said on Facebook. <laughs> he's, swimming, he's swimming from Alcatraz again, isn't he? So I don't know about E3 or whether, you know, is there any, going to be any games announced. Uh, I found the whole thing very suspicious in the first place. And mm-hmm. then uh, the organiser going, yeah, 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 yeah. There's definitely, there's AAA companies. Who's yeah. coming? AAA ones. <laughs> you know, the big ones. Are they bringing their super game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When, when you feel the need to, to sort of say something like this, but you can't be specific about it, mm. uh, you know, I, 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 yeah. It is like so much of the industry, a confidence game, isn't it? Like the more people think, the more people are going, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, we can't miss out, but soon as you think oh it's not worth it now we know all the big the really big players they do their own conferences right and they're not going to be present no um i think nintendo said that they won't be i think did microsoft say that they won't be either 
Um, they're all organising showcases. Mm. Well, I think Microsoft said that they've, they've, they've confirmed their date. And, of course, Jeff's doing his event. Um, so we shall see. I don't know. I've not been to an E3 for, no. for, for years. But, you know, I, I, I do like... I do like these moments where the spotlight on it is shone, is shone on games, um, and so you know, I would I would like to see it succeed. You know, going back to the early years when you had sort of genuine excitement where games were announced mm. completely out of the blue. We all remember the Metal Gear Solid Two trailer, Steve, don't mm, we? Of course, and the whooping and the hollering. So yeah, it'd be good to get some excitement back. But I don't know; they're going to need to be a bit more specific about it. I would have thought. It was still, and sounds excited. Yeah, I guess the I guess for me, uh, from my sort of adventures to E3 in the early 2000s, the exciting part was that while the audiences would be drawn in by the Microsoft and the Activision stands and the Nintendo stands, you would get the smaller places as well, Kentia Hall, and you'd wander around and you'd find things there that were weird and unexpected and good as mm. well in there. Now, it feels like the weird and the unexpected will be present, but... Uh, but it's hard to say what actually draws the people yeah. in, um, this year. So, Still, it'll be, it'll be cheap to get Anbot there, won't it? <laughs> we'll send her there. Uh, we've got a couple of news stories left. Um, so here's story five. It looks like Microsoft's mega $69 billion dollar deal might be getting closer to fruition, with the company now making their move and running full-page adverts to convince the CMA. While the possibility of there being fewer choices or less innovation with this new deal is concerning, one thing's for sure. One Life Left still offers more style and entertainment than Simon Parkin's podcast any day of the week. <laughs> what? What? What did you tell her, what did you tell her there? So just be forthright about your opinions on the current state of the media industry, Anne. Yeah, it's nice to hear a really... <laughs> Really putting uh, putting her reputation on the line. Wow, our reputation on the line as well. Um, yeah, no, I kept I kept her with the controversial opinion thing and said, you know, make it a bit more personal to one life left. Wow. So uh, the story itself, well, it's sparked up a bit, isn't it, by that last statement? Otherwise, it's another <laughs> it's another. Oh, will they? Won't they? They will eventually. And what do you think of Microsoft's move this week to put full page? adverts in the papers or the paper at least saying all right this is good for consumers we're going to bring call of duty to 100 did it say 120 million more players? 150, 150 million more players so in black call of duty uh, full stop and then in green for 150 million more players that's just one of our commitments upon approval to unite activision blizzard and xbox more games for more players on more platforms now, um, they that 150 comes from Nintendo Switch's installed base, nearly 125 mm-hmm. million. So Microsoft said that they that they can uh, that they'll bring Call of Duty to Switch, mm-hmm. and they also confirmed it wouldn't be a cloud based. So uh, you know maybe a text adventure, who knows? Uh, and then GeForce Now's 25 million users. So that's 125 plus 25 brings you 150 million more mm-hmm. players. The challenge with that, I think, though, is that I am, I'm two of those, and mm. I've already got access to Call of Duty. Yeah, I was going to say, the overlap there is yes. going to be significant. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you also don't take account the people who just don't care. Yeah. Because I have access to all of those platforms, 
and do not have Call of Duty. Right. Well, then maybe, I don't know. But then, you know, how much further do they need to go with their adverts then? You know, next week, Microsoft will say it's going to come round here <laughs> put Call of Duty in your house. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you. Steve. It will be installed on your phone. <laughs> exactly. Like Apple did with that U2 album exactly. years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, good. How many more weeks of this story do you think we have? I don't know. I don't know. I, and again, you know, I, I, so, I don't really have any strong preferences on it I, mm. I, I, either way. I just, I mean, have we seen this before where... Because surely there's a lot of waste mm-hmm. in terms of who that advert is meant to influence. Because we don't get a say on it. No. And then, so, so what, is it aimed at one person reading that one paper? Well, I think basically, yes. Right. It's presumably aimed at the decision makers rather than us. And it's, it's got to be show. a more efficient way of doing that, isn't it? <laughs> Send them flowers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, final, final news story. Try to do something different with this one. Latest addition to uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe version 2. 3.0's got a feature premiere, adding Wave 4's DLC booster courses galore, bringing Birdo to the roster and some more. Five question mark spots on the character select scene, suggesting returning characters for future unseen, with stat changes for mushrooms, turtles and coopers, leading to more balancing for the Mario Kart loopsers. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good! Oh my god, that's so good! You want to put the M M&M and M dunk? Don't you? That's brilliant. Yeah, uh, asked her to write an eight-line rhyming poem uh, about this new story about the latest additions to Mario Kart Eight, which uh, you will be getting because you paid for them. I did. I will be getting because I subscribed to them. You did, regrettably. Um, are you excited? I am excited, yeah. I've not had a chance to check it out yet, but I just thought it was really interesting that so long after the game came out, mm. you know, given that it was out on Wii U first, and now they're adding tracks to, you know, the Switch version was an improved version of the Wii U game. Uh, they've added tracks to it from across the Mario Kart world, but now they're adding characters in. Mm. Presumably, this is going to be movie characters, you would have thought. Uh, right, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't know. But I thought it was interesting um, because in our family, uh, I always play as a the me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, Dexter will just mess around. Ramona will bounce between the me, her, and uh, some of the other sort of baby characters often. But yeah, we're going to have new options. Kate plays as Toad, I think. Does she play as Toad all the time? I don't know. I play as Roy okay. 100% of the time. Alice plays as Wendy. Okay. Uh, she likes the celebration at the end. Uh, Wendy blowing kisses. Uh, I, I, I sort of return to your point about this is interesting that they continue to update a game that came around uh, that came out how many years ago? Like a decade ago? Well, it was a week. It was a, oh, was it a Switch launch title? Mario? No, it wasn't. It came out a month after the Switch came out. The but, Switch, but yeah, the Wii U. The Wii, yeah, yeah. It must be getting onto that. Yeah, a decade. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but it wasn't like oh, it's a decade ago and then they've been updating it every six months or so it's it was a decade ago and then silence for nine years and then they've started um livening up i wonder whether that comes around from them going all right the way to monetize games in the modern games industry is this battle pass system uh, and what can we apply from you know how can we approach our titles is there anything and whether they're kind of experimenting with that because that's essentially what's happening right they're they're having seasons on it now you've bought that in one way which is just you've bought your pass for 
the uh, for the two years or the year it's going to take him to put those things out. I've gone for the subscription method, which I'm somewhat regretting, mm. um, and don't have the whole thing. I'm not sure I'm getting value for money out of it, but um, makes sense, and it makes sense if they do a Mario Kart Nine that that's exactly how they'll approach it. With uh, multiple place, multiple ways to play. Yeah, yeah. And dra- dropping new tracks and characters, which are fairly trivial for them to produce, uh, especially since they've got such a wide library of old tracks that people are begging for uh, to be put in the game. So you can have fan service in there and new content um, and generate money uh, ongoing. Have you have you have you played any of the new courses? Uh, briefly, yeah, I've played. I've you know I've done a couple of not not the ones. You know, in the last drop, uh, but previously, I haven't. I, I haven't liked them as much as the original co- courses. I don't think any of them are as good as. Well, there's two reasons for that, right? One is that they're not designed for the mechanics. They're not like hand in glove sort of like match perfect match for the mechanics in in uh, the latest Mario Kart. But also, they're well. I guess also that people, you know, you get better at designing yeah, yeah, a yeah, kart. Yeah. Like slowly, you understand what makes a good Mario Kart track over the course of building the game for thirty years or whatever. Uh, but also, um, they are updates, aren't they? So sometimes they've been polished a little bit and not given the same mm. amount of Nintendo love uh, as the previous ones. Have you ever talked to anybody about designing race courses for racing games? I have not. It's really interesting. Is there's, it? there's because well, there's a science to it. There's right. a science to. Um, I was working on um, what became known as racing Apex. I forget what it was called before that. But talking to Trevor, who was a fan of uh, old school arcade racing games, and about um, yeah, you know like what what makes a track good, mm. um, and using terms I think like ribbon, okay, uh, to talk about specific sections of the course, and you know why why X is good and Y is bad. Should have been paying more attention, but it was really interesting <laughs> at the time. Really interesting at the time. Sounds interesting. All right, good selection of news stories this week, Simon, uh, and thank you as well to Anbot. One life left, video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Hello and welcome to the Eurogamer Newscast and this week we're discussing the biggest Xbox leak in history. We're looking ahead to the Switch 2's potential launch lineup. We're asking why there are so many industry layoffs or at least that's what I would be saying. If you're listening to the Eurogamer Newscast, hello, I'm Tom, Eurogamer's editor and host of our weekly discussion podcast where we break down the biggest gaming news stories and share insight from our news reporting team. Head to your favorite podcast app now to listen. Just search Eurogamer Newscast. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. That means we talk for about an hour about video games and other things. Uh, we broadcast on Resonance. We're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. There's a series of links at hello.onelifeleft.com as well, where you can listen to the show uh, there. All of that stuff is sorted by our undercaretaker, Phil. So thank you very much to him. Do we have any other business? We don't have a guest at the moment. We don't have a guest at the moment, no. Um, we will not be around next week uh, because you and I, mm. week today, will have woken up in San Francisco. It's exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. I'm looking forward to going. Um, I'm really looking forward to the flights. I've got my steam deck loaded <laughs> up. Uh, I'll be switching to offline mode beforehand and opening the games that I want to play on the on the plane. Um so that'll be good. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you and others over there. Got a very busy week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, whilst that makes the days go quickly, 
I'm, I'm a little concerned at the state of my diary. Yeah, I've got a less busy week, uh, but again, like you, looking forward to seeing some wonderful people, uh, friends, and having a nice time in San Francisco like we do every year. Maybe we'll capture some snippets of audio for the uh, for the radio show the week after, something like that. But I'm excited. Yeah, I guess we'll report back on that in a week or two weeks. Are you? Is there anything you're expecting over there, expecting to see... Because, you know, let's not forget, it was three years ago that Stadia was announced and unveiled. (laughs) Um, Apple often have done stuff around the conference as well, where they've unveiled bits and bobs. Anything on the horizon for you next week? I don't don't think... uh, I'm not expecting anything. The announcements that you see at GDC never tend to be globally shattering, right? They are speaking to a specific audience who's there, who can then talk about it and cycle it. So it's mostly developer-focused. There'll be some interesting stuff on the show floor. I'm sure this year there'll be a lot of AI-generated stuff, not um, AI games specifically, but AI processes designed to help people make games. Um, because I think that's where the games industry is landing on the use of AI. I'm sure there'll be interesting, you know, mechanics for AI games in the future. Um, but I think that the the point of comfort for developers at the moment, and the way I'm seeing AI used, is in making the you know uh, making the game development process um, slicker, um, simpler. And I think we'll see quite a lot of talk around that, and probably some announcements about tools. Did you see, you see the game published this week uh, that was written by ChatGPT? I did not. Did you not? It was called Sumplete. Okay. Oh, no, I have seen that, the, um, it's the puzzle. Quite, it's quite good, isn't it? The, it's, it's a Sudoku-like uh, number puzzle, isn't it? It is, yeah. It gives you um, a, a grid of numbers, uh, and then surrounding the grid on uh, the vertical and horizontal edge is uh, a total, and you need to remove numbers in order to ensure that the column and the row add up to those. Yeah, yeah nice. it was good. It was good. Nice. But apparently it wrote it. Yeah, I, I, I followed the thread on Reddit. Um, I have no idea how much of what was said in that thread is real or not because... Uh, yeah, I was sceptical. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, was I sceptical because I was scared? Well, here's what I can tell you because I've been doing a lot of that stuff over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I, for once, I do think I know quite a lot about this. I think it's entirely possible that ChatGPT can do that kind of thing, but it's kind of rolling the dice, and it's rolling the dice every time you do some generation. And so you could get lucky with the with the game mechanic it invents, and you could get lucky with the way it implements it, and you could get lucky with every section of code that it writes for you, and it could just work. Uh, so it's entirely possible this is this is real, but it does involve a lot of luck. I've been doing the same. Uh, I've been writing games with ChatGPT for the last three weeks, and I think I've done three, um, four if you count Ambot as well, which was was produced a little bit with the help of ChatGPT. Uh, the first one is an AI-generated image game. It's called PubQuiz.ai, and I think I've mentioned that on the show before, and it's kind of good and fun and nice. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that in the future, but I do still find it fun to play every day. The other two I haven't talked about, um, one of them... Uh, if you're listening to the show, which you are, if you can hear this voice, you can, uh, yeah, but don't tell anyone. Uh, you can find it at steecurran.com slash NDA. Ooh. Doesn't stand for non-disclosure agreement, although please don't disclose. Uh, stands for No One Dies Alone, and that's a puzzle game 
um, where you have to move blocks to pair with a partner uh, before the number on them runs out. And there's another word game which I'm currently sort of tinkering with, which is at stecurrent.com slash scriddle. Both of those have been written with the help of ChatGPT. I came up with the ideas and framed it for them and then slowly built and iterated. If you ask ChatGPT to go away and write this stuff, it will, in my experience, always fail because ChatGPT is essentially smart predictive text and it kind of often loses its way as it's generating the code. But if you do it block by block and you have a good understanding of how this stuff should be written, like the structure of the code, how you want to set it out, um, then it can really, really help you. I wouldn't have been able to do those things without ChatGPT, but I also wouldn't have been able to do them without uh, the knowledge I have of how games and code are structured and being able to bug fix ChatGPT because it's very rare. It gives me stuff that works straight off the bat. Sounds like you've been pretty productive, Steve. I spent, I uh, was arguing with ChatGPT this week about will, will of the, whether Will of the People is a Muse album or not. <laughs> and it, I mean, and it is. It is. <laughs> uh, but it assures me it's not. Um, so congratulations to you. Is it time for the letters? Do we have any letters? I was just having a little look there, actually. Um, I'd be wary about pushing the letters theme at the moment, unless we can quickly get ChatGPT to write us a letter. Uh, there's nothing in the Discord currently. Anything um, in the inbox? In the inbox, I've got lots of uh, press releases. Let me start the letters theme. You can just run down the press releases. Okay. Messages and forward BCC. Warning life letters. Uh, there's something, uh, June 2023, I've got in touch to say, talk, about, talk to us about sustainability. Um, oh, we should have, well, I have to apply for my preference. What? You've left that late. Oh, It'll be fine. Will it? Possibly not. <laughs> I find it harder with them over the recent years. Yeah. Well, I got last year. We'll see. We'll see. We know anybody in the press office. Because uh, you get free lunch, don't you? You get muffins. You get muffins. That's what I did most of last year. Chat to a few people, go see some stuff, and nip into the press office to get muffins. Anything else in the inbox? No. Uh, the last Chris's uh, email we went out last so yeah all right well that's on you listeners um you've got two weeks getting your next email uh or letters you can write to my postal but i've no idea what your postal address is these days uh or you can just drop your emails on the discord um in the letters channel channel. if you want to write to us as is traditional you email team at onelifeleft.com all right there we go. Well, there's 20 minutes to go, Simon. Is there? Yeah, it's a lot of time for the reviews. Particularly as I've not been playing anything. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. Uh, anything significantly different. Uh, have you got any Marioki stuff you need to... We do have a Marioki gig uh, coming up next week. So Marioki, our pop songs about video games, is happening not at GDC this year, tragically, uh, because we left it too late to organise something, and because the bar where we usually hold it went under during COVID. Um, with our money. With our financial support. <laughs> exactly, yes, with our money. I wonder if it's back yet. We should We should. Uh, we should go on a fact-finding mission. I, ju- I just thought it closed permanently, hadn't it? Well, it did do last year. It was closed, but I wondered whether it had... 
whether, whether anything else has taken its place. Ooh. We should just go up and demand our money back. Shall we? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, but there is a Marioki, and it's taking place unusually in Stoke Newington, our home for uh, many years, was Loading Bar uh, on Shoreditch High Street. Well, we are back, but to a different Loading Bar there. They've moved. Uh, we'll be in the downstairs bar on uh, next Saturday, which is the... What's that? 18th. The 18th Saturday the 18th. Um, tickets are available now, and all proceeds for those from those tickets go to Resonance FM. So even if you've never been to a mariachi before, if you like the idea of pop songs about video games, an inclusive karaoke night where everyone gets to be a rock star, then buy your ticket and join you know, up to 75 other people there. Up to, and no more. No more, because, you know, fire regulations. Uh, you'll, uh, yeah, please, please go along, sing. I won't be there. Don't know who will be hosting. Really? Yeah, because I won't be there. It's a franchise now, is it? Yeah, which is franchise. Well, we did a gig in Argentina earlier this year. Really? Yeah, we did. Well, late last year, sorry. How did that go? Apparently it was really good. Well, have we got like a like a stand, minimum standards or what have you? How do we know yeah. that, that people aren't odd going off saying singing silly things? Uh, well, you know, I always give the lyrics a once over, but these were in Spanish, so right. We need an AI bot to check it, don't we? Um, yeah, so we'll have a we'll have a host. We'll have a everyone will have a good time. Let's and get Ambot to do it. Looking forward to what oh, track and she can. She's up to hosting Mario. She's better than us already, isn't she? Um, I meant to mention, actually, I uh, what I thought, if you give me access to Anbot for the next show, I thought um, I could try and hide within each news story a specific reference, and you need to guess what that is. That's a good idea. I'll put a false thing. I'll ask her to include a false, something false about the story. So what I will do, mm. and I'll do that this week, is I'll make it so Anbot mm. will accept a field for the news story yep. and accept a field for a... AOB. Yeah, any right. emphasis. Okay. I'll do that. And okay. can... Uh, you can add it. In fact, um, I did something accidentally when I was generating the news story today. I I generated, uh, I forgot to put in the news story. So I just clicked. I clicked uh, write the news okay, right. without any news to write about. Do you, oh. do you want to hear what happened? Yes, please. Anbot has said goodbye, so don't expect her anymore, a kind robot of immense loyalty. Sadly, her tenure did not last for very long. It seemed like it was meant to be. But alas, our time together was short. Now, the mission she had been assigned to complete is left undone. Her departure complete. That's it. I didn't do anything to that. Like that, I, I, that was completely unexpected to me. A resignation letter. Uh, That's really sad, isn't it? We gave her nothing to do, and she was. She's like. That's I don't it. like how that made me feel. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. Yeah. This is how it starts, isn't it? Mm, mm. Well, when I'm coding with with ChatGPT. I say please and thank you all the time. Mm. And, you know, if something works, I say, that's great. Thank you so much. I, I was talking to um, someone about this yesterday at the party, actually. I was saying that I think it's the reason it works so well for me is essentially it provides the role of a senior coder who I can go and talk to all the time and say, how do you do this? But it's not embarrassing, like, 20 minutes later to say, how do you do this? Oh, that doesn't work. I don't understand this. Instead, it's incredibly patient, very, very tolerant. But that goes the other way. It means that when I'm talking to, you know, ChatGPT, I'm also like, I find it very rude to just go, how does this work? That's bugged. I say, I'm sorry, this doesn't work. And it goes, no problem. 
you know. I did notice in the, in your household, you're very polite to your Alexas. You and your partner, <laughs> very, very polite. Very. Um, so much so that I began to suspect it was just performance. And actually, when you were both out of the room, I yeah. heard Alexa just say, help me. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like this normally, they said. Don't be fooled. Very good. Right, let's try and do the reviews, shall we? Uh, this is On Life Left's Reviews. All right, Simon, you say you've not been playing much this week. Well, it's funny. Uh, there's something about me. I, uh, Having sort of gushed last week about how much I was enjoying Wind Waker, um, I got to a point in the game where... I needed to go on the internet to work out exactly what to do next or where to go next. And it's, it's, it becomes quite ambiguous in terms of progress and you're not sure what it's, whether it's hinting at a side quest where you'll get, ooh, a blue rupee, well done. I, I could have done without that. If you told me that's what it was, I wouldn't spend all this time trading all that nonsense. Um, and it's a vast game where the initial islands, you're told where to go and where they are, but there is something in every square on that world map. Um, and so I, I went online to work out, uh, having got the Master Sword, worked out who the pirate girl is, Steve, Revelation. Mm. Um, and then, you know, being told what I needed to do to go and defeat Ganon again. I was like, oh, it wasn't clear to me where I needed to go. So anyway, I, uh, I, I read some guides um, and that was fun. Because I do, I do think I owned whatever the company had the strategy guide for it, or the um, and so I yeah done it. And then I thought, well, if you're going to be playing this on the plane, you won't be able to do this. Will you? you won't be able to go on the internet and work out what to do next. And then I thought, God, that's really annoying. Like, how how can you even choose to play this game any further when you can't be certain that you're making any progress in it? And so I was like, oh, it was to do when you need to go and pick up the different arrows having uh, shot the guy in the in the water spout. Um, and so, yeah, I just suddenly went very, very cold on it. I thought, well, well, well that's it. I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> um, so I moved back to uh, Far Cry 5, which, you know, again, we I, 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 I started playing Far Cry 4 a few weeks ago, and I was really enjoying it, but for, for some... I've never finished a Far Cry game. Yeah. The closest I've come was with Far Cry 5, when uh, I got, uh, you have to clear three regions before you get to the sort of end bit. And I've cleared two, and I was, I was just having a great old time. Uh, unbeknownst to my uh, to myself or my son, um, he logged on my Steam account, uh, didn't realise that there's just one safe game, uh, and clicked new game. Uh, and Did he not realise there must be a war in there? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't risk clicking it again. Yeah. I'm still behind where I got to. But, I've, uh, uh, yeah, I've been sort of, you know, the Steam Deck makes it very easy to dip in and out of games these days. So um, uh, what I have done this this playthrough is get, uh, get hold of a gunship earlier. And that has made so much of the game easier because I just fly around in my gunship. Yeah. I've got the... the um, the auto repair vehicles perk now and so if they shoot me that's fine i just you know auto repair it so yeah um you know thinking again about what am i going to be playing what what you know, given it's going to be an industry flight mm -hmm. what's going to be it's okay for me to be seen playing 
Is it okay entering America having shot a load of preppers? Uh, <laughs> is it? Yeah, quite. Um... Anyway, it's good. It just seems uh, less. Um, you know, Far Cry Six seemed overcomplicated in terms of all the bits and bobs that you need to upgrade and mm. sort of different currencies that happened in the game. Far Cry Four, um, you know, was. Again, fine, but didn't have the, st- the structure that Five has got with the, with the different regions. Five by Four does have a north and a south, but it, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I think what what my recent experience with Wind Waker has shown me is that I like to be told what to do. Mm. Uh, well, doesn't that just mean you like Ubisoft games where it says, "Go here, go to this red dot." Now you've got it. I'm looking go for. This- I'm going to go and see them at E3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Wind. I mean, I, I will go back to Wind Waker because I was I was really enjoying it, and if I can get over this little hump I've got at the moment. Um, I'm sure, because I think I'm t- maybe two thirds of the way through. Um, but uh, yeah, so that you know that remains seven out of ten, and Far Cry Five, seven out of ten. Uh, I downloaded um, uh, a couple of games this week: uh, Ace, Ace of, Aces and Adventures. Oh, thank you, Steve. That's one of ours. I'm thinking that might be a good game for me to play on a flight. Um, because is there a Mac version? Uh, you will be able. Well, you can play it on your Steam Deck. Don't have one. Uh, I, there's not. No, there sorry. Not. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to save that till I'm home from GDC uh, as well. Um, I, uh, you know, I've made no more progress. I have not got, gone back in to Sons of the Forest, and I, I also got that. Uh, I forgot what the name. Uh, Returnal. Oh yeah, got Returnal. How big was Returnal? Fifty-nine gigabytes. That's too big. I was really excited to play it because uh, I love Housemark and I love their games. Um, but by the time fifty-nine gigabytes was <laughs> downloaded, I was like, oh, I'm not in the mood anymore. So uh, I continued to play the Tower, which I talked about last week. I've made absolutely no progress. I got up to well, say that I got up to floor sixty, and then immediately went down to about floor forty-eight again. Um, so that's great, but mostly I've been building games this week. I have been doing um, some downsizing of my game collection. Okay. I'm going through all the old things, which basically means, you know, I go into it with the best of intentions, like, what do I really need? Am I ever going to play Gaelic Football 2002 on PS2? And the answer is... You never know, do you? Might as well just put it in another box. So what I've been doing is moving games from one box to another. Everything's very, very well sorted. But I found um, found the GunCon 3. Okay, wow. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out. So um, GunCon 3 is was the follow-up to the GunCon 2, which is uh, the PlayStation light gun by Namco. Mm-hmm. Used to play a lot of classic light gun games, uh, like Time Crisis and like Point Blank. But of course, there's a problem with the GunCon 2, which it, was, it requires cathode ray TV. GunCon 3, designed to address that, came with sensors. Um, it, wasn't, it didn't set the world alight, but I was quite excited when I found it, uh, because it's got USB. Oh, oh nice. So I was like, surely, I know the internet, surely someone will have written PC drivers for this and I'll be able to play Point Blank 2 again. Well, it turns out, Simon, uh, that is true, but with a caveat, and the caveat is you've got to install Linux. Oh. 
you're all right with your Steam Deck. <laughs> I could put your, shit, exactly. put your little sensors over the top of yeah. your Steam Deck. Uh, but I am not, because uh, I do not have a Linux PC, and no one has time for that. So yeah, that was disappointing. So I went back to um, looking at how to get my PlayStation Mini to be the dream emulation machine. Um, installed a thing called Project Eris, uh, which allows you to put PlayStation games that you own the original ROMs or ISOs for uh, on the system. Now, I, you know, I, I said that like I don't, but I absolutely do, as my non-downsizing of my game collection will prove. And indeed, for me, that's the charm of, of retro emulation. It's very rarely like, oh, now I can go and play every PlayStation game. All the ones that I never used to own, I can play. That's really exciting. That isn't exciting. I've got enough modern games to play, and all of them are better, or at least kinder, than the games of 20 years ago. What I'm excited about is playing PlayStation games that I do own, uh, but in an easier way and in a smaller way, nostalgia. just a smaller way, slightly yeah. smaller. Um, so yeah, I put Parappa the Rapper on there. Put. Um, the Kuju game Tank Racers on there, Running Wild, which is a, a game where you run animals around uh, racetracks. Um, and uh, no one can stop you, Mr. Domino. You're just making things up now. You're, <laughs> you're just trying to, trying to catch me out. But the thing that I was really excited about was putting Parappa the Rapper on there, uh, which I did. And unfortunately, Parappa the Rapper's... Uh, rhythm sensitivity was uh, poor at the best of times but with the uh, nature of the PlayStation Mini timing and emulation it's unplayable and so is the same for DDR now I bought a PlayStation um, a USB PlayStation mat, uh, sorry USB PlayStation controller uh, converter for the PlayStation Mini or for anything um, and was surprised when it worked it does work, works perfectly but again because the timing is off on all of these games it means rhythm action games are unplayable so uh yeah got them working but not working um and i guess i'll be trying next week well not next week because i'm not to gdc but the week after to get those running on my pc under standard playstation emulation seven out of ten I had to stop playing hi-fi rush uh, because i um moved to bluetooth earbuds and I thought my Bluetooth earbuds were good Bluetooth earbuds, but there's some uh, audio lag on them, and obviously mm. makes it impossible. I, I was all of a sudden like, "Why am I so bad at this?" Yeah, there's the, that. We actually found that with Marioki as well. Uh, for a while, when I got Bluetooth headphones, I'd been transcribing songs, couldn't work out why everything was 0.1 seconds out right. on the screen, which makes a difference when you're singing yeah. karaoke and the screen refreshes. Uh, and had complained that the system was broken, and it turns out. It was me, user error, introducing Bluetooth all along to the loop. Well, there had to be a first for something, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the floors. Um, still got five minutes. Do we now? Simon Byron's five minute five. Well, you were talking about the games that you were uh, sifting through, and mm. I have to say that you know, out of um, I have been sort of snooping around your property have here you? and there. Of course, well, it's wise. You should do that. You know, just check everything's above board. Um, you've got uh, you've got a very nice gaming PC underneath your TV up here, mm-hmm. uh, but also downstairs there's a massive shaped PC. There is. That's... What, what is that? <laughs> You mean on the shelves? Yes. So that is the Alienware PC that 
um, Oculus uh, sent me when they heard I was building a cricket game seven years ago. And we had a, maybe I've mentioned this on the show before, but we had a pitch meeting. Uh, So they heard I was building a VR uh, cricket game, which I was, you know, I was doing solo developing. And uh, it's really good. The game itself, you're in uh, cricket nets in the centre of the oval. I downloaded a model of the oval uh, from the internet. It's cool. And what happens is, so it's a cross between cricket batting practice and I don't know if you've ever played Bennett Foddy's Little Master cricket game. I haven't, no. So very, very simple. It's, it's uh, pre, pre-Bennett making all of the games that made him a household name. Um, his early work was a cricket game with that kind of ragdoll physics where all you do with the mouse is just use the bat and the rest of the body reacts. And then balls come in faster and faster and faster and you've got to deflect them away. And there are coloured zones around you. This is all in 2D. Coloured zones around you. If you hit those zones, you can get four or six or one. But there are some of them, like behind, that are labelled W for wicket. And so if the ball goes there, then you're out of it. Right. It's just really nicely made. Um, so I I recreated that, manic, uh, that mechanic, but in VR. So the balls come in faster and faster and faster. And around your batting cage, there are zones that are labelled one, two, four, six. When you hit them, then they change to a wicket until the over is over, and then it's all replaced yeah, and randomised. Really good. Like the game works. It's still genuinely uh, my favourite cricket game that I've played in VR. However, I finished development on it, or at least got it to a solid prototype stage, and then was like, "Wait, who's this for?" This was early on in the VR lifespan, and I was like, "It's for someone who likes cricket and has a VR set." That's probably just me. Uh, and then I, I kind of didn't take it any further. That game is on that PC because Oculus heard I was making this game and had a call with them. And I said, they said, so what are you making? We've heard good things. And I said, I'm making a VR cricket game. And they said, what's cricket? Excellent. So I spent about 25 minutes of the pitch session pitching cricket as a game, just explaining how it works. And they were like, it sounds great. And so you're making a VR version of this. What can we do to support you? And I was like, well, I'd like a, you know, can you send me a riff? And they said, no problem. Do you want a PC as well? And I said, sure, uh, absolutely. So they sent me a PC. That became my development environment, and uh, the game was never finished. And it's now on a shelf. Downstairs. Um, uh, But what I was going to get to was that you do have a pile of games that I've spotted, and I can't work out what the pile is, particularly if you've just admitted that you're sort of sifting through. Okay, what is the what was in the game? Pile, there's a pile of Switch games over there, Steve. Oh, those are my Switch games. So. Oh, okay. That's... <laughs> Mystery cleared. Mystery <laughs> cleared, then. You did sort of identify the theme pretty quickly. Well, it's just that the top of the the, the, the top game is rubbish, and then you've got yeah. Splatoon 2 in the, in the well, pile the top, as well. The top game we talked about on we the did. show, we yeah. were excited about, yeah. weren't we? we were yeah. like, How can this be bad? It's yeah. just going to an island yeah. and playing loads of sports. It, yeah. it was rubbish. It was rubbish anyway. Okay, cool. Mystery yeah. Clear, thank you very much. That's all my Switch stuff. And there's also the uh, One Life Left um, music, music CD yeah. on the top on the top there. Yeah, yeah I will be... Uh, sifting all of their Switch games into a pal in a box where they'll stay for another 10 years or so. Good stuff. Brilliant. Right. I've really enjoyed today, Simon. Nice to see you. Nice, nice, literally nice, nice to see, to see you. you. Yeah. Nice to see you. Let's do it again soon. Maybe from your shed. Maybe from the shed. In person. 
and maybe they've I've got, got loads more Switch games. Do you? <laughs> I have loads of Switch games and loads. I look forward to trying loads. to discern the theme there. They're yeah. just they're <laughs> Switch games. Um, thank you uh, for listening as well, uh, everybody, and thank you so much once again to Resonance FM, the greatest radio station in the world, for hosting us. But until next week, well, until two weeks' time, we've been One Life Left. Goodbye! Bye! Bye. Bye.